Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Mighty God, you are so good to us. We thank you. Thank you for the provision that you have given in our lives. And we thank you above all for Jesus. Thank you that He is our King. Thank you that He is our Saviour. We thank you that He is our friend. We thank you for your Holy Spirit here with us today. And we pray, Lord, right now that you will open our eyes and our ears to hear from you. That we will know of your love and your goodness. That we will be able to trust you with our lives today, Lord. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Well, my name is Mim, and it is great to have you here. Do take a seat. Don't be afraid to sit near those other items that are hidden in the seats. I know some of you have been frightened of them, but we'll get to those a little bit later. I've actually brought with me my watering can, because even though it's been raining, I have still had to water a bunch of my pot plants that are in the patio at the front of my house. And and I find every time that I fill up my watering can, the tank, and I water and... and, um, give a little bit to each of my plants, there's always some that have missed out and I have to go back to the tap, refill again and go and water some more. And I try and even it out so that they all get a little bit, but there's always one or two left again and I have to go back again and fill up my watering can from the tap. There are times when when I don't have enough water to be able to water all of the plants. And I wonder if you might have situations in life like that where you feel like you are pouring out into the lives of others and doing so many things and there are times where you don't have enough in your tank and you have to have some time to stop and rest and refill the tank. I know I've been eyeing off some people's trips to Bali on Facebook and, um, and you might be you know, thinking about those flights away or trips down south, time where you could just get away and rest, recharge or refill so that you can continue to pour out into the lives of others. Well, kids and adults all need holidays and I know many of you are on holidays at the moment so I wonder if you can just get your brains to work again for just a minute and as we get ready to read the Bible today, can you tell me... What are the first four books of the New Testament part of the Bible? Kids, I'll give you a clue. It's on your activity sheet. Yes? Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. They saddled a horse and couldn't get on. Well, that's what my dad used to say. But yes, they are the four Gospels. Does anybody know why they're called the Gospels? Say it out loud. They're good news, that's right. Gospel is an old English word that kind of tells the the God stories or the good stories. And that's what these four books do. They tell us the stories of Jesus. Now, they all wrote from different perspectives. So Matthew, John and Mark wrote from their own experiences of spending time with Jesus. And they wrote down what was important to them. And Luke gathered eyewitness accounts of what had happened, and he wrote a little bit later on. Now, some of them, some people might think that because there are differences in these four, that they contradict each other or they're false. But these slight variations between the four different accounts actually give more credibility to 
these stories being true. They all wrote about the death and resurrection of Jesus. And there is one other thing that they all thought was really important to write about. And that's the account of feeding this huge crowd that we're going to look at today. So let me set the scene. Jesus and his disciples are a bit like my empty watering can. They had poured out teaching and healing, life-giving miracles for others. In fact, the disciples had just returned from their first mission assignment and they were reporting back to Jesus, having a bit of a debrief and they needed rest. Not only that, but they had just heard the tragic news that John the Baptist had been brutally killed. So they were understandably exhausted, grieving and needing to find a quiet place to rest and be refilled. So they took off in a boat, probably from Capernaum or Gennesaret in the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. You might be able to see it up there on the map. The thing is, a huge crowd followed them as they headed over to Bethsaida. These people of all ages ran along the shoreline and caught up with them on the other side. And the Bible records that there were 5,000 men in this crowd. Now, they did a weird thing back then. They only counted the men. um, But there were women and children in this crowd as well. So we can expect there was probably between 10 and 15,000 people in this crowd. So they followed after Jesus and they interrupted their time to relax. We read about this in Luke 9 and this is the way the contemporary English version puts it. The apostles, that is the 12 disciples, came back and told Jesus everything they had done. He then took them with him to the village of Bethsaida where they could be alone. But a lot of people found out about this and followed him. So what did Jesus do? Well, Jesus welcomed them. He spoke about God's kingdom and he healed everyone who was sick. Jesus did not get upset with the interruption, like I probably would have. He actually had compassion on the crowd. He even, even though he was tired and trying to get away for some rest, he welcomed them and started teaching them about God's kingdom and healing their sick, meeting their spiritual needs and their physical needs. He continued to pour into others. The people were hungry for more of Jesus, and he didn't run out. Jesus had more to give. We read on in verse 12, Late in the afternoon, the 12 apostles came to Jesus and said, Send the crowd to the villages and the farms around here. They need to find a place to stay and something to eat. There is nothing in this place. It's like a desert. And it was a remote place. And they wanted the crowds to go away. The disciples were done. But Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. But they replied, we have, we have only five small loaves of bread and two fish. If we're going to feed these people, we'll have to go and buy food. There were about 5,000 men plus the women and children in the crowd. Jesus said to his disciples, tell the people to sit in groups of 50. They did this and all the people sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up towards heaven and blessed the food. Then he broke the bread and fish 
handed it to his disciples and they distributed it to the, they gave it to the people everyone ate all that they wanted what was left over filled 12 baskets such an amazing experience and it's no wonder that the four gospels all included this account and in the next few minutes we're going to unpack four main points together so firstly come to Jesus and ask him to provide the disciples came to Jesus John in his account says that it was Philip who said we don't have enough and Andrew found the boy with his lunch but also agrees with Philip this is not enough which is quite a logical human response for their circumstance they would have needed the money of 200 silver coins which is equivalent to 200 days of work and they didn't have that amount of money to buy the food they had reached their capacity limit not enough resources to meet the need in front of them now Nick spoke on this in a similar experience uh, last week when the same men were catching fish they were tired from a night of fishing showing nothing for their efforts in faith they launched out into the deeper waters obeying Jesus's instruction to lower their nets and then their boat was abundantly overflowing with fish but the disciples seem to have forgotten about this event that happened almost two years earlier they had experienced God's provision in the past but they weren't expecting it again they said we don't have enough they were anxious and unable to meet their need in their human understanding and capacity maybe you've had times like that maybe even now you feel like you don't have enough finance enough time enough strength energy or wisdom for your circumstance I know I've had times when I feel like that and we need to come to Jesus and ask for his help the disciples said we need to dismiss the crowds Jesus says the opposite have them sit Jesus welcomed men and women and children so that they were all included everyone was invited to stay and sit and be in community together for a meal they were not sent away Jesus had a plan the boy gives up his entire lunch now, it may have looked a little bit like this one although these ones are from Kmart but two fish and some and some bread two barley loaves sorry five barley loaves and two pieces of fish maybe he gave it in faith maybe it was in doubt it's important to remember that our faith is not strong because of our efforts it is strong because of who we put our faith in and that's what brings the miracle Jesus thanked God for the little bit of food he blessed it and brought provision when you have those days when you feel like you don't have enough and they will come I encourage you to come to Jesus to ask him to provide with your little faith and your doubt with your anxiety and your fear fix your eyes on Jesus not on your circumstances trust him to provide what you need maybe you have a little courage to speak to that family member or friend who has hurt you or maybe you have a little bit of time to spend with someone else who's struggling or lonely and when you feel like you don't have enough 
Give Jesus the little that you do have and see what restoration and multiplication he can bring. Come to Jesus and ask him to provide. Point two is this, that Jesus provides community. Jesus deliberately engaged the disciples in community activity. He gave them a task and involved them with others. Mark records that Jesus asked the disciples to feed the crowd. As we read in Mark 6.37, Jesus replied, you give them something to eat. But they asked him, don't you know it would take almost a year's wages to buy all of these people something to eat? Then Jesus said, how much bread do you have? Go and see. The disciples were apprentices. They weren't just observers. They actively engaged in ministry with Jesus. Even before they knew what Jesus was going to do, they followed his direction and organized the people to sit in groups of about 50 each. Men, women, and children were grouped together to sit and wait, not alone, but together. What a beautiful picture of creating community, belonging in these smaller groups within the larger crowd. Something particularly significant in this story is the inclusion of a child. The kingdom of God includes children. Jesus included children. He healed them, he blessed them, and here in this story we see he engaged in ministry with them, a boy and his lunch. Children's ministry experts Chinos and Beckwith in 2013 wrote this quote, authentic spirituality that nourishes spiritual formation, is not ministry to children, but quite significantly ministry with children and families. Children are not empty buckets that we just need to fill their heads with knowledge about God. But we actually need to engage with them. They are part of the church community. And when we have relationship with them, we do life with them and engage in spiritual practices like prayer and worship and reading the Bible together and hospitality. Those things actually really nourish kids' faith. And it's significant that Jesus demonstrated ministry with others, including children, in this meal. We also don't need to have fancy meals to be hospitable and to include others. Barley loaves and fish were the peasant diet of those that lived around the Sea of Galilee. Eating together was a symbol of unity. Jesus provided a place of belonging for all people. He acted as a host to this large family gathering on the hillside and welcomed everyone into a sense of community. Now, I love to have people over for afternoon tea. I personally find cooking a meal very stressful for other people. Um, and so hospitality and doesn't need to be fancy entertaining. It can be the basics. It can be an afternoon tea. It can be bread and fish. We all need that sense of community, that sense of belonging, being included and encouraged in meaningful activities together. So find what works for you. Jesus provided community for the disciples to serve with the children and for all of those that were on the hillside that day. The thing is that we also need to remember with Jesus is that we can expect the unexpected, which is my third point today. Jesus demonstrated God's power 
He didn't just meet the needs of the crowd, he exceeded them. Imagine that you are the crowd there on the hillside listening to Jesus. Now, it would have been 50 times larger than what we've got here today. And this small lunch was shared among you all. Not only that, but everybody ate until they were full. It wasn't just a small little taste, a symbol of eating. No, it was actually eating a full meal. And I know some of you can eat a lot. So everybody's full. Imagine that. You're all full. And then there are leftovers. There is plenty to eat. So now's the time. If you have a basket next to you or in the row nearby, kids, you might need to go hunting for them. Bring them down the front. Let's just put them across the stage here. There should be 12 baskets fulls of leftovers. Now, Gladys would have a fit if we actually put real fish in. Can you actually bring them, put them right up here so we can see? So, um, so we didn't put real fish in. They are pretend ones. But imagine this. I've only got three. There's more. Bring them all. Bring them all down. There were 12 basketfuls of leftovers. Oh, some of them look big and heavy. Well done. Now, we're not sure exactly what sizes they all were. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's more out there. Keep bringing them. Thank you. Alistair, you're welcome to bring that all the way if you'd like to as well. Come on, Anise, can you bring it down? Thank you. All right, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Fantastic. They're all here. We didn't get anybody's handbag in amongst the mix. We've just got the baskets. Good. So imagine the disciples, right? They're tired. And here they are going around collecting all the leftover, the extra bits of bread and broken fish. And they've got a basket each. There are 12 baskets full of leftovers, enough for them to take home and continue eating for days. A little bit like a good curry, you know, the leftover curry that just continues for days and it seems to get better over time, right? So Jesus provided exceedingly more than they would have expected. Jesus was their provider. He used what was available and simply demonstrated his power. And he has power to provide for our physical needs. Maybe it's a conversation with somebody that you need to have. Medical appointments that just line up perfectly. A house or a job that's provided in unexpected ways. When teaching the disciples about prayer, Jesus said in Luke 11, A good human father gives his children fish, not a venomous snake to eat. How much more does your heavenly Father give good gifts? And in this particular instance, he specifically includes the gift of the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God with us. God doesn't always give us as our human minds think, but immeasurably more. Peace that surpasses all understanding, love that is beyond measure, and a huge spiritual family that's far bigger than our human family. And I've seen this play out in my life. (laughs) From a very young age, I always wanted to be a mum. And as it turns out, I've had the incredible opportunity to teach 
and mentor, hang out and laugh with hundreds of children. Now, I'm old enough to know that some of those kids now as adults and to see them having their own children, to see them stepping into roles of leadership in their churches, to become teachers, some have even become children's pastors. It is such a delight to see that God has provided immeasurably more immeasurably more than I could have hoped or imagined. And I didn't have to go through the pains of childbirth or those sleepless nights with newborns. Sometimes his provision is not what we want. Sadly, people we love do die. Sometimes we're not healed. Abuse cannot be erased. Finances can be extremely tight. At times it is hard to stop being anxious. But he says to trust him. In Philippians 4 we read, Rejoice in the Lord, don't be anxious about anything, but in your circumstances to pray with thanksgiving. God's peace that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. When my mum was facing a rough cancer battle, and I've seen it in others too, during that time when it is scary and unknown, a peace that doesn't make sense fills those that trust God. Being thankful for what they do have and trusting him to provide in unexpected ways that makes such a difference in their attitude. Jesus doesn't meet all of our physical wants. We can't expect the... uh, We can expect the unexpected because he is actually more concerned with our spiritual heart than our physical circumstances. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. Sometimes Jesus will say yes and sometimes he will give exceedingly more than we could even dream of. Remember I said earlier that the writers of the gospel wrote what was important to them. Well, John wrote these words. We're going to look at the next point. Don't waste his provision. John wrote, When they had all had enough to eat, Jesus said to his disciples, that is, he gave them specific instructions, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Why would Jesus be concerned about the broken pieces of fish and bread that were left over? Well, I actually think he's got something even deeper for us to listen to today. You see, food is not the only important thing in our lives. Some of us are hungry for direction or for guidance. Some of us are hungry for love, hungry for healing and hope. And some of us are hungry for all of those things. When the disciples carried these leftovers and they ate them in the days following, sharing them probably with their family and with others, they wouldn't have been able to stop telling people about the miracle. They wouldn't have been able to to hold it in. They wouldn't have wasted a thing because they would have eaten the food and shared the story of what Jesus had done for them. They wouldn't have been able to just keep it for themselves. So often we do. We don't share what we know about Jesus. We might have answers to prayer or guidance from him. We don't tell anybody about that. And when we don't tell others who Jesus is, his love and peace and hope, we waste 
what he has provided and others go hungry. I have loved since sharing a sermon last school holidays about telling the stories of God. So many people have been coming and telling me their stories. Just in the last couple of weeks, I've heard of three people who have had um, surgeries that were meant to happen months in, in, in the future, have had that opportunity to have them sooner than what was expected. There's a family in, in our church that both parents were unemployed and they had a dog and they needed to find a new rental and God provided. You know, there are stories that we have to share and we've got Pinine and Essence coming up, opportunities to hear the stories of God, what he's been doing in people's lives. You can take notes on the church app on sermons, discuss them with your Connect group there and listen to them online later. We can chew on the leftovers. We can continue to share them with others. Let nothing be wasted. After the people saw this miracle, feeding 5,000 plus, they were still trying to figure out who Jesus was. What to expect? Would he be a political leader, a miracle worker who provides for their every meal? Well, later on, Jesus spoke with his disciples and he asked them, who do you say I am? Well, Peter profoundly and boldly declared, you are the Messiah, the one sent from God. But not everyone understood this. The crowds questioned Jesus by asking what other miracles he would perform so they would have faith. Jesus attempted to explain to them the significance of himself being spiritual bread, the bread of life for their souls. They could only think about physical items and working for physical bread. They asked what work they needed to do to get more bread, to feed their stomachs. But Jesus spoke of a spiritual hunger that is only satisfied in relationship with him. We read in John 6 verse 29 when Jesus answered their questions, the work of God is this, believe in the one he has sent. And he continued on in verse 47, Truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. He concludes by saying in verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Jesus is our spiritual bread. The one that nourishes our souls. A relationship with him is what we need. He went on to explain that his life would be given as a sacrifice, his body and his blood given to death so that all who believe can have forgiveness of sin and eternity with him. But the people said it was all too hard for them to understand. They didn't get it. But I hope you do. Don't waste what Jesus has provided. Once you know and understand who he is, once you're in a relationship with him, Jesus wants us to share our faith with others. Let nothing be wasted. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up as we recap what we've discovered today. When I feel empty, like this watering can, I need to admit that I don't have enough. We can all come to Jesus and ask him to provide. Jesus is far more concerned about providing for our spiritual well-being than any other part of our being. 
He wants us to ask him for help. He also wants us to be in community with one another, to work together, to nurture faith in unity, to extend hospitality and to do life with others, which includes children. The third thing is the way that he answers our prayers and requests might not meet our human physical understanding or expectation. It's amazing the number of times that things actually turn out better than we could have imagined when we trust Jesus with the outcome. And finally, don't waste what he has given you. His very life given for you. We can have life and a right relationship with God. And we don't need to waste the opportunities to tell others of his goodness, how he has provided in our lives. Let me pray. Jesus, how amazing you are. We thank you that you love us and you see us. You see our needs and we can come to you and ask for your help to provide. Jesus, Thank you that you provide community for us. Thank you that you provide in unexpected ways. And we ask that you would help us to not waste the opportunities to continue to chew on your goodness, to continue to to be nourished by the stories of who you are and what you have done. Jesus, we thank you. We ask that when we feel empty, we just don't have enough, that you will help us to remember that you, Jesus Christ, provide all that we need. You are enough for us. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.